You're listening to a classic business podcast as heard on Classic 1027. 1027. During the pandemic, we've heard so much about the enormous promise of technology, and these promises are certainly real. During a discussion I had with Vodacom CEO Shamil Jusseb, uh, he revealed that using AI and machine learning, the mobile operator could tell your credit risk based on what time you uh, woke up and uh, started using your phone in the morning. But technology might also alter human society and the very meaning of human life in ways that we don't spend enough time thinking about. As Yuval uh, Harari points out, these range from the creation of a global useless class to the rise of data colonialism and digital dictatorships. Fears of uh, machines pushing people out of the job market are of course nothing new. And in the past, such fears proved to be unfounded. But artificial intelligence is different from the old machines. In the past, machines competed with humans mainly in manual skills, and now they are beginning to compete with us in cognitive skills. Automation will soon eliminate millions upon millions of jobs, and while new jobs will certainly be created, it is unclear whether people will be able to learn the necessary new skills fast enough. Suppose you're a 50-year-old truck driver and you just lost your job to a self-driving vehicle. Uh, now there are new jobs in designing software or in teaching yoga to engineers. But how does a 50-year-old truck driver reinvent him or herself as a software engineer or as a yoga teacher? And people will have to do it not just once, but again and again throughout their lives because the automation revolution won't be a single watershed event following which the job market will settle down into a new equilibrium. Rather, it's going to be a cascade of ever bigger disruptions because AI is nowhere near its full potential. Old jobs will disappear, new jobs will emerge, but then the new jobs will rapidly change and vanish again. Whereas in the past, uh, humanity had to struggle against exploitation, in the 21st century, Harari says the really big struggle will be against irrelevance. And it's much worse to be irrelevant than exploited. Well, to talk about the promise, the challenge, and the democratization of AI, I'm joined now by Dr. Jacques Ludic, the founder and CEO of Cortex Logic. He's at the Machine Intelligence Institute of Africa founder as well and author of Democratizing Artificial Intelligence to Benefit Everyone. And we're joined by Johan Stein, Chair of the Institute of Information Technology Professionals of South Africa and their special interest group on AI and uh, robotics. So welcome, gentlemen. Jacques, in your book, you really talk about your massive transformative purpose being to harness the potential of this smart technology era to benefit society. And it's interesting that you don't call it the fourth industrial revolution. It's more than merely industrial in nature, this. So as a departure point, I'm sure there are some misconceptions about AI. What do you define as artificial intelligence currently? Uh, thanks, Michael. Uh, artificial intelligence, it's clearly software and hardware systems machines that simulate human intelligence. Um, and it could be, the process could be learning, reasoning, self-correction, uh, a, a bunch of things like that um, that's involved. So it's, it's almost like the cognitive functions that you try to simulate of, of humans. And that provides machines with enormous capabilities. Um, so it's, it's fascinating times. And uh, it's, it's, it's uh, with, with great power come great responsibility. So we have to use this wisely. Uh, and, that, and that is the, the point of your book. When you talk about democratizing AI, you, t you focus a lot about the, the human side. I mean, there's a lot of technical yeah. uh, um, kind of jargon around AI and uh, neural networks and Bayesian technology. But when you actually just look at the impact that it could potentially have on humanity, it does really bring into focus and into question what being human means if a machine has cognitive ability. How do you think about this? 
Yeah, I, I think in the past, it's quite interesting. We almost as humans had to adapt to, to computer systems and to other systems. We've got keyboards and mouses and stuff. With AI and smart technology, it's almost like the other way around. We can say, how can these smart systems now support us better to be more human and, and to, to live our lives um, as humans should be creative and, and, and interesting lives, meaningful lives. So, so I think we can turn this uh, around and I think there's tremendous potential, but it could go so easily, so easily wrong as well. So because we could also um, create this dependence locking, you can create this data abuse, and discrimination and all these kind of things. You can use AI to, to actually create, uh, even go for creative jobs. Um, and, and then we've got a problem. So we, we need to be smart and wise and say, how do we make sense of this? And how do we use smart technology to benefit everyone and, and use it as a tool? It shouldn't, we've created this world, the smart technology era. So now we need to upskill and be smart. How do we use these tools to, to actually for our benefit? Um, and that's what I'm trying to argue for in the book. Um, and you can't just look at uh, technology and AI in isolation. I think it's obviously integrated within society, uh, our political system, economic systems and everything. If you think about blockchain, that's why I always talk about blockchain and AI um, and these other smart technologies, biotech, nanotech, all of these interplay and all of them together as a smart technology is having an incredible impact. Mm. Um, and I'm worried about um, sense making, I, I'm worried about people's mental health. Um, I think uh, so that all of those kind of things could cause disorder, destabilization of society. So there's a lot of worries around those kind of things as well. So we have to be very sensible in, in how we approach um, using these technologies. Um, and that's what I'm trying to do. So the book is really a sense making, looking at various industries, looking at the impact across disciplines, across business, um, and what the world is pretty much looking at. And where are we going? There's a lot mm -hmm. of um, hype and hysteria as well. So I'm trying to make sense of all of that. Mm, and it is a convergence of all of these technologies, as you say. Uh, Johan, from your vantage point, I mean, you've uh, known uh, Dr. Ludwig for, for many years uh, and read the book. What do you make of it? I love the book. It's, it's a big book. <laughs> I, jo I joked with uh, Jacques some time back that, you know, he made to find plan to read a book a week. But uh, it's a book that anyone can read. You don't have to be a techie. Um, you don't have to be work in the field. Because Jacques does talk about things that's important. I mean, Michael, both you and I have, have small children. We think about their future. You referenced um, Harari talking about the technological colonialism. And in Sapiens, he speaks about the potential creation of the so-called useless class. So I think that's something that I got out of that book and maybe want to ask you about, Jacques. This yes. so-called useless class, these people that we will not be able to upskill potentially. Given our massive unemployment rate in our country, given what the pandemic did to us, where do you see us go? Are we still able to steer this technology in a direction that it will be for the good of our children into the future? I, I think we've got to be realistic. It's a great question, Johan. Uh, and that's why I'm trying to be doing the book as well, try to be practical and realistic. Um, and we, we, we do have a problem if you think about Africa as well. I would say that the biggest thing would be to upskill and educate at scale. I would put so much money and effort on, uh, on that as well. If you think about what I'm proposing in the book as well, it's, it is not just upskilling people to use AI and smart technology. Obviously, that's going to empower you. It's also about the benefits. So even 
if you are on YouTube or on Google and you and and you are doing advertising and you're looking and using products, your data and services are being monetized by the tech giants. Mm. If we can turn that around and say, let's create uh, AI-driven uh, super platform that's more human-centric, that's more um, more catering for the individual, for communities, for the people as well, and you and that's a way to share the benefits as well. So I think. Um, there are smart ways of using technology where even if you're not skilled, even if you're just using the technology, where you can benefit and share in the benefits. So I, I would say that would be a very important part of helping to solve this. But there's no substitute, I think, for um, education. Um, I, I am a big believer in, in, in quality of life. We want to make sure that more people uh, um, have meaningful lives. And, and, can, and can also we want to upskill people's sense-making capability. We want to build virtues and character strength development. So how can we use technology and AI assistance, AI companions to actually support us in that regard? And, and from, a, from a business side, we're actually building solutions with Cortex, um, where we look focusing on mental health or, or just um, health wellness, but also financial wellness. And we're building AI-driven platforms to support that. And we've also focused on teenage mental health, but also young adult mental health. Mm. We want to roll that out to all the schools. We've partnered with NASPERS, Media24 on that. Um, so, so those are just examples of things that we can do to help address this. But I'm also concerned about Africa. We don't want Africa to be left behind because it is like a runaway train. So we see what's happening in China and, and North America and Europe. Um, so we need to be, uh, it's quite urgent for us to, to say, let's upskill here. Um, and, and we need obviously support, international support as well, but uh, yeah. we need people here to, to be leaders and, and to, 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 to actually execute. And it's interesting you mentioned that because we had uh, Peter de Villiers of Clickertel um, on the show last week. Oh, yeah, week no, I know him. Talking <laughs> about, I mean, Stellenbosch is a very small community at the end of the day. It's, uh, you know, and, and he's talking about upskilling specifically with digital skills, but reforming the way we currently as companies put X uh, percentage of NPAT into a skills development levy as an input. It's there as an output. Are we getting the skills out that we need to? And, and so how do we reform the system to ensure that we can harness the spend in corporate South Africa to ensure that we get that outcome of, of upskilling? Your, your thoughts on that, Dr. Ludic? Yes, I, I think, Michael, I think it's a multi-pronged strategy around that. Um, so obviously, from a business side, we are helping businesses become more AI-driven, utilize their there, we're upskilled as well. We're looking at what is the, the skills and resources that you need. But if you think about the individual, um, I think digital skills uh, is hugely important. It's almost like that base layer foundational thing. So I would invest seriously. I would rethink our whole education. Um, I think uh, clearly we need to still look at specific knowledge and, and humanities. And there's obviously smart technology and math and all these kind of things. But I would put uh, more focus on some of the foundational skills, on, on the digital skills, but also things, the, the more humanities as well. I, I really think people struggle. How do, you, how, do you, how do you work with social media? So suddenly you've got people, maybe limited digital skills, but then when they've got digital skills, how do they, are they just going to be manipulated? Or how do you make sense of the world? So I think it needs to be a balanced approach at scale, and that's why education is huge. When I talk about education, not just your normal, typical education. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about 21st century, smart technology, 
focus or driven education that has got a strong anchor in, in things that's important, quality of life, meaningful living, community building, um, all of those kind of things. We need more people to create opportunities and abundance. Um, and we want to create that, we want to share as well. So you want to create that sharing type of thing. I, I think there's too much greed as well. Um, and I think we need wisdom, good values and ethics. And we anyway need that into the systems, but we, we need people to, to have that. And, and if you think about a criminal element uh, here in South Africa as well, it's uh, obviously people don't have all the opportunities. They don't see other things. They, it, it's difficult. So, but uh, we've got to be practical and look at it from all sides. Um, we've got nonprofit organizations that are trying things. I think government can do a much better job. I think business should come in. We probably need to re-engineer the whole school system, education, the universities as well. Um, I feel we're kind of stuck with old ways of doing things. So it's a great opportunity to say, let's mm -hmm. rethink everything, mm -hmm. all our mm -hmm. systems. And, and I'm actually, that's why I'm in the book, I'm actually going, I'm going moonshot. Um, I'm, I'm talking about uh, decentralized, adaptive, agile, economic, social governance systems that actually reward active participation and positive contribution to society and civilization. So, so and that's huge um, concepts. Um, so, and that won't take, that won't be easy to, to solve. But we, we, we need to unpack it and say, how do we get there? And Dr. Jacques Ludic has recently written a book on democratizing artificial intelligence. Uh, Dr. Ludic, in the book, you talk about making it accessible, for example. And when we think yeah. about AI, I mentioned in my introduction, big corporates, Vodacom is thinking about how it's using this and is already applying it in its micro lending and its super pay app that it's developed with Alipay. How do kind of smaller type businesses think about AI? Because for, for a while it seemed to be a technology that is only available to a certain scale or size business. How do we democratize this for, for SMEs? Yeah, I, I think that's, that's a key, absolute key question. And what, what I'm proposing with Sapiens as well is that every business, even individuals, communities, towns, uh, we can have, they can all have AI agents and assistants um, that monetizes their data and services. Uh, but for that, you obviously want to implement, you want to instrument, so you've got to have the data. And I think with small, uh, SME kind of businesses, the question is, is the data there? How can, you, how can they actually do it in a proper way? Um, and that's why I think, remember, I think what's happened here, we, we live in an interesting age, the internet or the AI era now, where, where the big tech giants are showing the way, the Amazons, the Facebooks, the Googles, and so forth, how AI can be used to create recommendation engines and how they can create advertising revenue for themselves. There's opportunities to actually turn that around. And that's why I'm proposing kind of a decentralized uh, way of doing it where you actually share that kind of benefit that goes purely to the tech giants, that that can go to even SMEs with their products and services um, and, and individuals and so forth. And then that could be a way to also share the benefit better as well. So you still want to, um, obviously still capitalism, reward uh, people with ideas and, and businesses that's really delivering fantastic services and so forth. Um, but there's no substitute in terms of understanding this is smart technology. What is the kind of data that I can generate? How can I use data to influence my business model, uh, my business models as well? And, and, and then, well, it's not just advertising revenue. There's, there's many other ways how you can plug into ecosystems 
and monetize as well. So you need to connect the dots. Um, um, so, so I think, again, it's again a multi-pronged strategy. I think there's definitely things that individuals can do, and I do have a chapter on AI-driven digital transformation, and it's not just for enterprises. It's also for any business. Um, and I'm, I'm actually talking about the various industries, consumer-facing businesses, as well as the industrial businesses, and it could be across the spectrum of, of tech giants to enterprise. Um, obviously, with enterprises, they do have a lot more data typically, and it's a, fun it's a function of scale. Um, but, but I think with AI, you, do, you can apply that to, to any type of data that you generate um, and, and, and so forth as well. So, and it's all about, about optimizing your business. If you instrument your supply chain, even if you're a small business, um, and, and you've got everything instrumented, then you've got data and then you can start doing things with that. So data is the new oil. Data uh, provides you with opportunities. And in, as individuals, we've got lots of data. Um, mm -hmm. that, and unfortunately, those data, we just give it away. Mm -hmm. um, and that's why we need systems to support us. And I, I believe a blockchain technology with decentralization is going to play an enormous role. Um, that's why that's a big part of the whole strategy around sapiens when we talk about um, decentralized systems mm. um, uh, that that will play a huge role mm. um, and in the future we we'll probably get things like AI decentralized autonomous organizations DIOs where with their own mini economies and ecosystems and as we already see with all the tokens and token economy what's happening here we're actually creating mini economies so there's opportunities for SMEs and smaller businesses um, to actually create these kind of things. So yeah. it's going to be a very interesting world. And, and, and with the cloud giving SMEs the ability to access this in a flexible, cost-effective uh, and scalable manner as well, Johan. Absolutely, 100%. And the tools are there. It's so easy now. It's pay-as-you-go. You can still use the cloud kind of infrastructure. Um, even my son, he, he quickly copied some code. He created a coin <laughs> and he's done some stuff. So it's... It's, it's not like it's that complicated, um, or at least it's, it's there, it's, it's, it's accessible, the technology. It's just a matter mm. of provide, showing people the way, how mm. to do it. Mm. Um, so again, it's education, yeah. how to utilize, how to capture the, the benefits of the smart technology uh, for SMEs. I think we need to focus on those kind of things, show mm. them how to do it. And Johan, how do you how do you think about this from where you sit and your vantage point in in business consulting? When when you read about this massive transformative purpose, and then you look at South Africa and we see this chasm and this inequality, and and so many people without skills, so many people unemployed, is this a conversation uh, that just magnifies inequality in this country? How do we use AI for good? Michael, it's such an important point. I mean, there's the the money making aspect of AI and you know becoming um, smarter at competing if we think of what the big corporates are doing but are we leaving our people behind which is a very uh, important uh, topic that I'm very passionate about we already have this massive so-called digital yeah. divide and it seems like it's just becoming bigger and bigger you know and, and Jacques has spoken about the, the SMEs and, and I often wonder about expertise in our own market I mean we read the Gartner and the Forrester reports we have a lot of the global consulting firms working in our own market. But I am and bringing in people from overseas or uh, be it virtually. I just wonder if we cannot do more to create smart call centers, smart offshore centers, utilizing the talent we have in our country. And it's it's partly government, but it's 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 all of us. It's our responsibility. So 
I think we've got limited time to turn the tide, make sure that we uh, educate people better, as Jacques already said, that we become a world-class offshore destination, and there's already been a lot of good press about that recently. But I don't think we can sit and wait. We have to very, very actively do this, and I think it is something that should keep us awake at night. Otherwise, we're going to create a society that is not the kind of world we would want our children to live in. Mm, and I, I think and I, exactly. I mean, it's that point that was raised in a previous conversation that we had, uh, Johan. You're a, a bank of a, a CEO of a big bank. You know, how do you think about the balance here between wanting to automate processes, robotic process automation on the one hand, but being mindful of the context of South Africa and our grinding unemployment and poverty on the other? The the the, 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 the two almost seem intractable. You know, you've got the business driver, you you've got the social driver. Jacques, how do you think about out, trying to bridge that uh, that chasm. Yeah, I think Michael, that that's the the key thing. Um, it, it's it's an absolute key question. So how do we br uh, bridge that? Um, from a, if you're a CEO of a bank and stuff, you, you're obviously going to think about my business KPI, my business, and I, I want to make sure. And I, I have to compete. I have to thrive. I have to survive. Um, so there are very specific things that I need to do to to make sure that they use AI technology um, across the spectrum, including robotic process automation or other technologies as well. So, so you've got to do that. And when you implement these kind of systems, um, I, but I always recommend um, these five pillars. You talk about your business strategy, there's data, technology, people and processes. So the moment you implement uh, AI solution, there is, you need to think about the people. What's the impact on the process? What's the impact on people? And then how do we, uh, if, if roles are going, uh, if, if people is doing now something else or they maybe need to adapt their, their role to, to actually use the smart technology and they do something that's complementary or the technology is augmenting what they are doing. So we, we need to think about the impact of that. You can't just blindly impact, uh, do this and then without thinking about the impact. Mm -hmm. um, so I think from a business side, there's the context that you need to think about. Um, but, but again, a business functions in a society, in an economy. Uh, you've got to think about the bigger picture. That's why I'm contextualizing things in the book because I'm saying we have to look at businesses within ecosystems and this is evolving ecosystem. Things are changing all the time. And, it, and we, we are, you've got to think about all aspects and all the stakeholders and, and consumers and employees, they're all stakeholders. Um, and so it's very important to, to be fair and, and, and not just drive a monopoly and, 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 and basically to the other people's detriment. Um, so you've got to be, there needs to be a fine balance. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm a big believer in, in, I think the best way to, to democratize AI is, to, is to, to go with this decentralization as far as we can. Um, and, but there, there needs to be a balance around that so as well. How do sapiens do that with a, with a minute to go? Yeah. If, if you can try and uh, sum sapiens up in a minute, if that's uh, possible, how are you trying no, no, to, no, absolutely. How are you trying so, to decentralize so, the sapiens? Yeah, so, so all I'm saying, just as a counter, because you're still going to have businesses functioning, you're still going to have data-driven platform businesses. So what I'm saying with Sapiens, this is a human-centric, user-controlled, AI-driven super platform that provides personalized AI agents. We say, this is my data, this is my AI assistant, this assistant is going to bat for me, it's going to optimize, help optimize my life. It's going to do recommendations, not for the tech giant, but it's actually going to do recommendations for me and helping me to make sense of what's happening around the world and connecting me to what's needed, supporting lifelong life 
wide learning, for instance, uh, providing recommendations, advice, even supporting on a mental side, accessing the, the information that I need to help me to be successful in the place and time where I'm functioning right now. Um, and you can have it for families, for virtual groups, communities, cities, city-states, etc. So it's, it's, it's really, it's, it's almost just providing that technology for the user, providing the infrastructure that would enable that. And then just imagine a world where you've got towns that's, or cities that's connecting to any other city. We, we like, we've got this nervous system for humanity already with the internet. Uh, but if you've got systems that's, that's, that's orchestrating, we're trying to make, say, business between Cape Town and Chicago or Kiro or whatever. So you, you're trying to have uh, communities optimize and interacting and supporting. And you can have that on an individual level as well. So the book is really showing and talking uh, about that as well. So this is just yeah. an idea. Uh, I think it's, it's showing how you can, we can implement this massive transformative purpose for humanity that I'm proposing, which I think is very important. Uh, we, we, that's the thing we need to think through as well. Mm. So mm. anyway. Yeah. Mm. AI for good. Uh, you've certainly left me with uh, lots to think about. Uh, Dr. Lydic and Johan Stein, thank you very much. The idea of having your own uh, artificial intelligence assistant uh, going out, as Dr. Lydic said, uh, batting for you rather than uh, trying to mine information for one of the big tech companies is certainly appealing as uh, we try to make sense of this new world of artificial intelligence, uh, machine learning, uh, blockchain and all of these technologies converging. Uh, it's going to be uh, a very, very interesting time.